You have to have something within you that stirs you and gives you faith enough to rise up and say, enough is enough. Thank you for joining us for Changing Your Life with the Word with Deborah Elam. Join us for an inspiring message from Deborah. If you have your Bibles, if you go with me to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, that's where we're going. 17 and verse 8. And it says, Goliath stood and shouted. Let me say that again. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to Israel. It says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Now you have to remember, Goliath was over nine feet tall. And he came out against these little small Israelites to fight. And he asked them the question, why do you come out and line up to battle? And the title of my message is the fight is on. Repeat that. The fight is on. One more time. The fight is on. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now in this passage of scripture in, in 1 Samuel 17, there is a battle that's getting ready to take place. And any battle, you have to have a soldier or soldiers to fight. And a soldier is a person that's been trained and equipped to win the battle. You don't go into any battle without being prepared. So in this particular uh, passage of text, there is a battle with soldiers that are trained to fight. But what do you do when they're trained to fight, but they won't fight? What do you do? Give them all this knowledge. You give them all this equipment, but they will not fight in the battle. Now, what do you do with a situation like that? Well, I just want to tell you, when you go to a battle, there's three things I want you to know. First of all, you go into a battle with some, for someone or something to fight for. You're not going to fight any battle unless you believe for the person. You believe in the person you're fighting for. You have a cause. And second, you go into a battle having something to fight with. You're not going to go to any battle unless you have some tool, some, some piece of uh, a weaponry to fight the battle. And third, you go into the battle having something to fight in. You're not going to go into any battle with just your regular clothes on. That's not how you win a war. So, number one, you go to battle having someone or something to fight for. Number two, you have something to fight with. And number three, you have something to fight in. Now, let me tell you what happens during the battle. During the battle, you have to know how to fight. That means your position, your stand in the battle. How are you going to stand? How are you going to position yourself? Number two, during the battle, you have to know who to fight. <laughs> you have to know who your enemies are, right? You don't want to be turning and fighting against people that's on your same side. And number three, you have to know where to fight. Now, in First Samuel 17, here you have this Philistine on the other team, and he's taunting a whole army of people, just one man. Because during this time, they believe that if instead of killing everybody and having a lot of bloodshed, that you only have one person on one side and one person on the other side, and they come out to battle. So you're going to send your best man. You're going to make sure 
You don't want anybody that's a rookie fighting for you. The way it went, if the person lost, the whole country would be part of the prize or the spoil. So in a battle, you got to make sure you know how to fight your position. You know who to fight. You got to recognize your enemy and you know where to fight. And then after the battle, you need to know three things. Who won the battle? And you need to know what was gained during the battle. And then you need to know who does it belong to, the stuff that you've collected. After the battle, you have to know three things. Who won the battle? Number two, you have to know what did you gain during the battle? And number three, you have to know what does the stuff belong to? Now, let's go over this story that's happening here during this battle. Like I said, you have Goliath who's over nine feet tall, over nine feet tall. And the scriptures describe him. His armor was so heavy. He was not a small man. And then I want you to go with me to 17 and 4. It says, then Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, came out of the Philistine rank to face the forces of Israel. And it goes on. I told you he was over nine feet tall and he wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. That's usually the size of one person. And he wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. And the shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. This guy was packing. And his armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying his shield. And Goliath stood there. He had the nerve to stand there against God's people, God's army. And he was taunting them and shouting to them and telling them, why are you coming out to fight? Are you going to lose? You're not going to win. Don't you see how big I am? Don't you see how ferocious I am? And look at you. And then it goes on to say this champion. And a champion is a person that's won, been proven that they could win. They have been crowned by somebody, the champion. But my stepfather, when I was growing up, he loved boxing and he loved wrestling. So if you lived in my house, if you wanted to see TV, you love boxing and you love wrestling. And I remember doing these, these wrestling matches was one wrestler called Jose Lothario. And then they had, was it Pressure Thasiak? And Pressure Thasiak, when he got in the wrestling ring, he would do something called the heart punch. And he would punch somebody in the chest and they pass out. First they start shaking, then they pass out. All people were scared of him. All this time, we tried to tell my stepfather this stuff was not true. But he didn't believe that. He was in there fighting for his champion. And we was right in there with him. Get him, get him, throw him down, you know, hold him down. Uh, watch out for the hard punch. You know, we were, just, we were just going on with it. And then they had somebody called Andre the Giant. Because, you know, you had the people you were pulling for. You were not in the ring with them, but you were pulling just as hard for them. And that, that's what was happening. So they needed somebody to fight against Goliath. And when the people saw him and when he started yelling at them, the whole army got scared. They could not find one person to come out and fight over nine feet tall giant. So he did this. He taunted them for 40 days. Say 40 days. He taunted them for 40 days because he said the fight is on. Now send somebody out here. I just dare you to send somebody out here to mess with me. 
you can just see them on the sideline. They're shaking. They're, 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 they're shaking and they're praying. I'm not going. So they just sit there. They took the punishment. They, they took it while he was yelling and taunting them day after day. Forty days, every morning and every evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. He strutted. For 40 days he did this, every morning and every evening. And Goliath challenged the Israelite army to come out and fight. But then there was this little boy. They said a ruddy little boy. His brothers was in the army of Saul already. Father sent him to check on his brothers, the brothers that were in the army, and said, I want you to go and check and see how they're doing. But I want you to take some grain, and I want you to take some bread to your brothers, and I also want you to take the captain of the army. I want to take some cheese. As he went to the battle, he said, my father wanted to know how is it going. While he happened to be there, Goliath came out, and he started taunting the Israelite army. And he heard little bit of David, a young man, he got mad and said, how can he defile the army of the living God? And then he went on to say, now, what would happen if somebody defeat Goliath? What will be the prize? What's going to be the spoil of the battle? What's going to be the prize for doing this? They told him, well, first of all, this is what you'll get. You'll get the king's daughter in marriage. You'll get finances or you get wealth and the third thing is your father's house won't have to pay any more taxes david went to one person then he went to another soldier and says what would the king give you if you defeat this big giant what will you get he didn't see him as the way they saw him what will you get if you defeat him and they told him the same thing you would get the king's daughter in marriage you would get finances you'll be wealthy and then your father's house will never have to pay any more taxes and his brothers heard him and got mad. They said, why are you coming down to this battle to see what's going on? You just spot, you, you up to no good. You're supposed to be taking care of the father's few sheep that he had. He said, well, what have I done? I haven't done anything. I just want to find out some information. Is that okay with you? So then he goes to another soldier and says, what would you get for fighting and defeating this giant? And they said, you will get the king's daughter. You'd be wealthy beyond your imagination, and your father's house would not have to pay any taxes. Well, David said, hmm, that sounds pretty good to me. After the third time, somebody took a report back to the king and said, there is this young man out here wanting to know what would they get if they defeated Goliath. Now, apparently, this person that took the report back to the king felt like this was some good information that the king needed to know. So he, he went back to the king and told him that. Then Saul, the king at the time, comes out. and So now we're at the 32nd verse. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go and fight him. And you know what Saul said? He said, don't be ridiculous. Now come on now. You're just a little boy. I got all these men out here and they scared to go and you cannot fight this giant? What are you talking about? Don't be ridiculous. There is no way. This is the 33rd verse. It says, there is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. Not only did he say it, but he yelled it. There is no way. There is no way you can win this battle. What are you talking about? There is no way. You're only a boy. 
And this man had been a man of war since from his youth. He's trained to fight. He knows how to fight. He knows where to fight. He knows all the, the strategies of fighting. In every battle, you have to have a strategy. There is nothing on record that tells us how to defeat this giant. But there was. The word of God. Faith in God. And faith in what God has said. So the story continues. And David persisted. He says, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When the lion or a bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with the club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. Now, how many of you have seen how big a bear is? I've seen one up live, but I've seen one on TV. And they stand up tall. I mean, big and tall. When they're ready to eat, they do not play. It takes somebody really mad to club it and take back what it's trying to eat. He said not only does he club it, not only does he hit it, but he said he kills it. He can slay it. He said he comes to steal it and I club it and I go after it and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. Bear gets mad when you're trying to take something from it. And so I can imagine David beating that animal and taking back that lamb. In life, we have to continue to be whatever is trying to take from what God wants us to have. We have to continue to beat with the word. We continue to speak with the word. We continue to build our faith by the word to know we can have what God wants us to have. David goes, I caught it by the jaw. You're going to put your hand in the mouth of a lion? Now, come on now. This is almost unbelievable, but it's the truth. And he's telling the king that. He said, I catch it by the mouth, by his jaw, and I club it to death. And he said, I have done this both to the lion and bears. Not just one lion, not just one. He said, lions and bears. This was an ordinary thing for him. This was ordinary that he did this. By sharing this with the king, he's building the king's faith in this young man. And he says, I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. He has defiled the armies of the living God. He said, I'm not going to let him get away with it. He's bad-mouthing God. He's bad-mouthing the one who created everything. And I'm not going to put up with it. In order to change anything, you have to become so upset and angry that you don't allow it to continue. You have to have such a passion, a drive. You have to have something within you that stirs you and gives you faith enough to rise up and say, enough is enough. How many lambs have the enemy stole from you? It may not be a physical lamb. It may be your money. Maybe your marriage. Maybe your car, maybe your boyfriend, your girlfriend. It may be a dollar, but it's still yours. How many times have the enemy come out and taunted you and said, you can't have it. You won't have it. It's, I'm going to take it and I'm going to continue to take it from you. How many times we have to get to the point every day and apply this word and say, enough is enough. You know, when you get tired of something, you're willing to change. Most revolutions have happened because the people rose up and got mad. It's not because they just 
stood around and took it, the fight is on. You know, David was little, but you know, he, he rose up. Something within him rose up. Something within him got stirred up to the point where he said, I am not going to let this man talk bad about my God. The one who had anointed me. Then back then, David had been anointed. He's not, he was anointed king. He didn't take that position yet, but he knew eventually it would be his. He said, enough is enough. And so there he is in front of the king. The king said, well, let me tell you what I want you to do. Okay, you can go and fight him, this, this giant, but I want you to put on my armor. I want you to put on my helmet. In 38, it says, then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet. Now, Saul is king now. He gave David his own helmet, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail, and David put it on and strapped a sword over it, and he took a step. Sometimes things don't work out for you because they're not meant for you to do it that way. He's never worn this stuff before, and it doesn't work for him. So then David said, I can't go in like this. And he took it all off. He took all that protective gear off. And he says, I am not used to them. So David took them off again, and he picked up five smooth stones from a stream. He said five smooth stones. Five smooth stones. Now, you have to see the Israelite army is on one side and the Philistine army is on another side and the giant is standing in front of the army, the Philistine army. And there is this little boy coming out and reaches into a brook and picks up five smooth stones. And they're thinking like, what's going on? I'm like, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? What's going on? Because they're looking for a soldier to come out. And there's this little boy going to this brook and picking up five smooth stones from a stream. And then he put them in his shepherd bag. Then he armed with only a shepherd's staff and a sling. And then he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. Oh, yeah. David said, oh, yeah, the fight is on. The fight is on. He was getting, he was rehearsing all the victories God had given him, how he had slayed the lions and, and, and the bears. And he was rehearsing how awesome God was. When you go into battle, you better start talking. You better start talking. Faith, you better start talking faith words. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. Oh, yeah, but you better start speaking the word when you're going into a battle. Before you get to the battle, you better start speaking the words. And there he was. He got across the valley ready to fight the Philistine. And Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. In 41, he says, am I a dog? <laughs> he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? Oh, come on now. This is the best y'all got over there? Come on now. Y'all better retake an inventory. Come on, send me somebody else. I mean, y'all playing with me. <laughs> and he cursed David by the names of his God. Uh-oh. He, he was just making David mad, madder. Come over here. He said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. <laughs> and David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, 
spear and javelin. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the army of Israel, who you have defiled. You come to me with these things you're going to work and you think it's going to defeat me? He said, no, I come in the name of the Lord, the Lord of heaven's army. She said, today, not tomorrow, not next week. He said, but today, this very day, the Lord will conquer you. This very day. He didn't say, I'm going to conquer you. I'm going to kill you. He said, no, the Lord is going to take care of you today. And he says, and I'm going to kill you. Listen, listen, little boy. You have to imagine this big old tall giant. Now, I've seen basketball players. Have you seen him like seven feet just playing on the court? This guy was bigger than that. He's like over nine feet tall. <laughs> he said, he said, he goes on. He said, I'm, today I'm going to kill you. He said, then I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do to you. He said, I'm going to kill you. And not only am I going to kill you, he said, I'm going to cut your head off. <laughs> he said, I'm going to stop this mess. Put an end to you, this this battle, this day. And see, they're talking, and the people on the side, they're saying, go, David, go, David, go, 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 David. You know, they're saying all this. <laughs> they won't go, but they're saying, go, David, go, David, go, go. And it goes on to say in this battle, he says, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds. He said, now I'm going to kill you, Goliath, but I'm going to kill your men. <laughs> and they over there like, I mean, the Philistines over there like, <laughs> they enjoying this because they, they're thinking, hey, you know, this guy, this little boy is talking, is talking noise, you know, and they're over there laughing because they don't believe him. And the wild animals and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. We have to know that God rescues us. No matter what the battle looks like, no matter what is going on, no matter how the enemy tries to taunt us and, and try to make it seem like we're losing, we're winning. We're always winning as long as we belong to God and he belongs to us. And then it says, but not with the sword and spear. He said, this is the Lord's battle. This is David still talking noise. He said, good noise. He's talking, he's talking the word of faith. He said, this is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. So as Goliath moved in closer and attacked, to attack, David ran out to meet him. David wasn't backing up. He had his target in mind. He knew exactly what the Lord wanted him to do. Sometimes we may not know what the Lord wants us to do until we get closer. Sometimes we're too far in the battle. As we come and we meet the enemy head on with the word, with prayer and fasting, and believing the, what God said, we join closer to victory. And he says, not with the sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. And as they run towards the battle, they approach each other. He rushed into the shepherd's bag, his bag, and he took out a stone. Now why five? He was prepared for just in case somebody else was acting up. He didn't come with just one. He said, any other, other ones or his brothers? Goliath had brothers now. He said, if any, anybody else come out and want to mess with God's army, I'm ready. I'll take them all out. And he knew with God that he could. 
So as he ran and he, he twirled his sling and he put that stone in the sling and he twirled it and he hit that Philistine right in the forehead and the stone sunk in. That's some force. I've been hit with a baseball and it hurts in the nose. It hurts. Let me tell you, but it didn't sink in. I can imagine a stone being thrown so hard that it sinks into the forehead. That's the power. That's the kind of power the Lord can give us to take the, the word and toss it and make a difference and get an impact. And Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. Oh, so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone because he didn't have a sword. Uh-oh. But he promised him that when he killed him, he's going to cut off his head. But he didn't have a sword. So this is what David did. He ran over and pulled out Goliath's sword from his sheath, and David used it to kill him and cut off his head with his own sword, with Goliath's own sword. Philistines saw that their champion was dead. They turned and ran. <laughs> but listen to this. This is what the Israelite, the army of Israel did. Then the men of Israelites and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistine. <laughs> now they wasn't good, Goliath. But now that, you know, battle's going good. They said, okay, now we can get them. <laughs> the hard part is over. Now we can get it. See, when Jesus went to the cross, he said the hard part is over. When he died and rose, he said, the hard part is over. Now, all you have to do now is just walk in what I told you. The hard part has been done. All you have to do is run at the enemy with the word. Hallelujah. And it says, and they chased them as far as Gath. And they chased them until there were dead Philistines and wounded Philistines all along the road. That's a lot of killing going on. A lot of killing going on. Because when the fight is on, it's on. <laughs> now, I just want to rehearse these points to you again. It says, when you go to a battle, you have to have someone or something to fight for. When you go to a battle, you have to have something to fight with. When you go to a battle, you have to have something to fight in. During the battle, you have to know how to fight. During the battle, you have to know who to fight. And during the battle, you need to know where to fight. After the battle, you need to know who won. What was won in the battle? What's the spoil? And then who it belongs to. I just want you to turn with me to Ephesians 6 and 10. Because the same principles that apply to David still apply to us. Ephesians 6 and 10. Paul talking. Now Paul was bound up in prison in chains. And this is the word he writes to the church of Ephesians. He says, I find a word. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the, all the strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is what we wrestle against. We're not wrestling against each other. We shouldn't be fighting against each other. No, this is a spiritual battle. And if anybody's acting up, it's because something spiritual is going on. 
and it says 13 says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to remain. Resist the devil. You'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. It's a stand which stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it says pray in the spirit at all times and in every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And then Paul finally says, and pray for me too. And ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If this message has been encouraging and a blessing to you, be sure to subscribe. And thank you for your generous financial support.